This week on the Cartoon Cartoon Wednesdays podcast, I, your host, Eric Wiggins, will be talking about Total Drama Island. So before we get started with a review, let's get started with that intro. Total Drama Island was a 2008, yes, the show came out in 2008, and it was originally produced by Teletoon, a Canadian animation company, um, and it, uh, it played there for about a year in 2007 when it was originally produced and aired, and it lasted, its airing lasted about a year, from the July of 2007 in Canada to the December of 2008, also in Canada, but in the year of 2008, and July, it produced on Cartoon Network, and it lasted until December. So the show was just about ended around the same time, but they started at completely different times. Um, and also, Teletoon, the company you know that produced Teledrama Island, this was not the first show they produced, and it wouldn't be the last. Teletoon has produced many shows. Um, for example, like uh, Johnny Test. Johnny Test was produced by Teletoon, and prior to producing um, uh, Teledrama Island, they had produced uh, 16, um, and a lot of the voice actors for 16 also um, voice characters in Total Drama Island. For example, um, Chris Potenza, the voice of Chris, is also the voice of Jude in 16. And for some other notable voice actors on the show, you have Scott McCord. Scott McCord was the English dubbed voice of Dan in Bakugan, and a lot of the other voice actors on this show also did various voices for characters in Bakugan. And another notable um, person who voiced characters in the show was Katie Crown. Katie Crown voices Ivy and Amphibia and also voices Izzy in the show. She was also Tulip um, Tulip in the animated movie Storks. And she also did some writing and voice acting work for Bob's Burgers. So the um, many of the people who voiced characters in the show was, are very well known. And the most notable and the most recognizable and the most shocking and surprising was Clay Bennett. Now, off the bat, that name don't sound too um, impressive or notable until you realize that Clay Bennett is the battle star in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was so weird and cool to me. It's just like the person who was the cook cooking all this nasty food chef on um, Total Drama Island, like, was this 13 years later, a kid reached like teenagehood in the time. He's now battle star. And Falcon and Winter Soldier, that's, like, super cool. It's like, you would think that the person who voiced Chef was, like, this big, kind of strong, like, voiced man. Maybe, like, thicker, like Kevin Kevin Michael Richardson. To give you an example who Kevin Michael Richardson is, he's the voice of the black principal in American Dad. But it was just, like, this really ripped um, uh, man. This really ripped, lean man who's battle style. I was just, whew, 
complete like mind blown to me. But enough about not enough fanboying and fangasming over like Clay Bennett. Let's get to like the meat and potatoes of this. Let's get to Total Drama Island. Total Drama Island, like I said, it's an anime TV show, and the first season consists of 27 episodes. And to explain the premise of Total Drama Island, the show is um, Survivor-esque. It's a big parody of the mid-2000s, well, just the 2000s, really, and reality shows. So they became big and more well-known, and just parodying and making fun of them. The show is a main parody on Survivor. In Survivor, you have um, contestants who are sent to an island, and they have to survive, and then they get voted off week after week after week, you know, to add to the drama. And to, like, further parody, the um, the contestants have to live in, like, really, like, comparably bad conditions. They have to live off of the land and stuff, while the camera crews and the producers and the um, and the hosts, they get really nice trailers and nice food and everything. And um, in the show, the kids are, well, yes, the kids, the contestants are all about 16 years old, which I didn't know. When I was a kid, I thought that the contestants were all, like, adults or, like, at least 18. I thought they were at least 18, but in actuality, they're all 16, which makes the events, some of the events that happen in the show really kind of weird in, um, in hindsight. And back to being a Survivor parody, uh, yeah, a, lot, a lot of the food and conditions that kids have to endure is kind of um, gross and like subpar. But then you compare it to like the Chris who has the Chris, the animated host who has like makeup, a trailer, good food, you know, all that good stuff. And even a cameraman and one episode while the contestants are on a, um, a hiking trip, I believe that's episode, yeah, episode six, episode six, like right in front of the contestants, they order a pizza. Now, the show takes place, it's even funnier when you realize that the show takes place on an island in Muskoka, Ontario, on the camp of Camp Wawanakwa. And, um, yeah, they just, this guy just has a pizza and he just appears out of nowhere. So that was kind of cool. But um, let's get to the show. Now, like I said, they're all 16. There are 22 different contestants. I'll let you know their names right now. And this is the order in which they arrived on the show in the first episode. So this is the first episode we get introduced to them. You have Beth, a dorky girl who grew up on a, um, a farm. Now, mind you, all these kids are from Canada. Now, this may be kind of basic, like a Canadian TV show produced in Canada. In Canada, in universe, we have all Canadian contestants. But as a kid... I did not know that. I thought that they were from America, and Owen was the only Canadian one because he had a Canadian flag on his chest. So I was like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of cool," because I thought like, and it kind of made sense as I grew up. I reinforced that idea by thinking, "Well, it's a Canadian-made TV show, and they're making it for Americans. Like, it's on American network." So my little kid brain could, you know, properly, you know realize that but even then it's like we don't know where any of the characters are from we just know that owen is from canada because of his shirt it's not really like told to us but let's move on with the rest of the characters you have dj who is uh one of the two black people on the show it's him and lashana we meet lashana later so he's a gentle giant and we have gwen gwen is the stereotypical golf girl she's um what some people like to called the goth rebel dream girl and you have jeff he's the party dude now he he's why i thought some of the characters were canadian i mean 
he pulls up with this like with no shirt on well he has a shirt on but he's like open chest bare chest cowboy hat i'm like okay he's kind of like a surfer dude kind of vibe. i was like okay he's from california nope he's from like somewhere on the coast of canada which is you know i guess cool and then next is Lindsay, who's the dumb blonde stereotype then we have heather heather is my least favorite character but my character my most favorite character in terms of written and she's the bitch he's the backstabbing conniving little cheater and the writers point to the writers for doing really good on her they made her really really well and i give them credit for that that's why i hate her so much we have duncan duncan is like the bad boy delinquent juvenile he's been to juvie a couple of times then we have tyler tyler is like the jock but the anti-jock he's a jock and he's supposed to be good at sports he wears a track suit but he's not very good at sports. Most of the time he does sports, he ends up failing and hurting himself. He's just a tool used for slapstick comedy in a show. Next is Harold. Harold, now, when I watched the show, this show came out, like I said, 2007, 2008. And around that time, a movie had recently came out, like a couple years prior, called Napoleon Dynamite. When you look at Napoleon Dynamite and you look at Harold, you'll see that they, are, they have a lot of similarities between them. Now, for me, I had never seen Napoleon Dynamite. And not even, even, of course, not at that point. So I didn't catch the reference. But if you had, you would know that initially he may just like kind of nerd and everything. But after you watch Napoleon Dynamite and you look at him, you see that they have a lot of the same mannerisms and very similar designs, the glasses and, the, and their speech patterns. Next is um, Trent. Trent is like the cool kind of, he's the cool guy. He has the guitar and everything. He's like the kind of like, artsy deep guy that all the girls kind of fawn over the only one that fawns over him is Gwen so like the goth goes with the guy who's supposed to be kind of deep with the guitar and everything then we have Bridget Bridget is a surfer chick um she's really cool chilling laid back and tries to you know um be peaceful with everybody and she goes eventually she gets um together with Jeff and then we have Noah so and he's kind of like has this um like he He's smarter than you. He's smarter than you. He is smarter than you. And that's how he kind of acts. He doesn't participate in a lot of sports and everything. And then next we have Lashana. Lashana is the black girl. Lashana claims later in the series that she has a lot of, yeah, I'm from the hood. They say nothing to me. So she's a very loud black girl. And when she, when Harold first sees her in the first episode, he says, I've never seen a girl like you. You're just so big and loud. I've never seen a girl like you in real life before. Excuse me? You're real big and loud. What did you say to me? Oh, no, you didn't. You have not seen anything yet. I'll show you big, baby. <gasps> and next is Sadie slash Katie. Katie um, is Asian and Sadie is black. Um, but they're really dumb. They're just the dumb idiot girls. And I hate their characters just for that reason. Next on the list is Ezekiel. Ezekiel, um, he's homeschooled and he was raised in a prairie, so somewhere probably in the Midwestern Canadian provinces. Um, not much to say about his character because he doesn't really get developed a lot in his first um, um, first season. But the little development he gets, which is the next episode, we learn he gets kicked off because he's misogynistic. Um, he thinks um, boys are smarter than girls and um, that his dad told him to look out for the girls in the show because they're quote-unquote weaker so he gets shipped off second episode or the first one to go home next is cody 
Cody's like that, um, the annoying little brother Gwen calls him later in the series. That's the best way to put it. He tries to be overconfident, gets with the ladies, but he's not that kind of dude. Next is Eva. Eva's like this, the girl jock with the anger issues, like the classic kind of stereotypical female bully who's also good at sports. Um, and I think that's really cool about her. She's like my favorite female character, but I just really love to see more happen to her. She gets voted off. Um, in the third episode, second person to go home, and she's never used again in the entire series, in the entire, no more appearances. In the, well, she appears later in other seasons, but she doesn't get a starring role as a contestant anymore, which is sad for me. Next is Courtney. Courtney is kind of like one of my characters that I kind of, not favorite, but I think the writers did a good job with her character, because Courtney is, is black. She has a darker skin tone. So, um, slightly about DJ skin tone, and um, she's very smart and very, very um, preppy. That's what I have in my notes because she says um, multiple times later in the series that she is a CIT, which is a counselor in training. She plays the violin or the viola, some kind of classical instrument, and um, I think that's really cool what they did with her. Like early on, like you have this kind of black character who is the kind of like the stereotype for black women, and you have this character who is also black, but not the stereotype and puts black women in a good light. So I think that was really cool. So I always like to say that the show, while it's very funny and comedy based, if you look beyond the service, it does a lot of cool things with the characters, making them not just um, just all stereotypes. Um, then you have Owens next. Owen, like I said, he's my favorite male character, my favorite character, period. Um, and he's kind of like the fat oaf, and he's just used for like gags and everything, but he's really fun, happy, cheerful dude. A lot of people don't think he's a threat, so that's why he lasts so long in the show, because, oh, it's Owen. No way Owen can do anything special. It's just Owen. No one worries about him. That's why he ends up winning in the end. Spoiler alert. Next is um Justin. Justin is like the pretty boy. Justin looks really good. So everybody just fawns over him, like guys to girls. People are just like, damn, Justin, you look kind of sexy right now. He's like, thanks. And next we, and lastly, we have Izzy. Izzy is the crazy girl. Like, Izzy is straight bonkers. When I say bonkers, I mean she's crazy nuts, insane. Um, she, like, dresses as a bear in one episode. She, like, fights Chef. She's very loud and cool and, um, second favorite female character. And then in one episode, um, let me see. I think it was episode six. Yeah, episode six, actually. No, it wasn't episode six. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was off the top of my head, but in that episode, um, Izzy goes home. Izzy does not go home, but she was about to be voted off, but it turns out that um, the RCMP, the World Canadian Military Police, yes, the Mounties, the people with the red, you know, vest and everything, were looking for her because she blew up a, um, excuse me, she blew up the kitchen in a RCMP, the reserve RCMP kitchen. And that was um, really, really weird and crazy, which fits her. Oh, episode eight. Episode eight, she um, almost goes home, but she's saved by the RCMP trying to put her in prison for her crimes. So now that we're done with character introductions, let's get on to my thoughts on the show. Um, some other things about the show. Well, if you couldn't tell, I actually really do enjoy the show. 
I remember watching it in 2008 when I was, you know, five. You know, a five-year-old kid watching this show about 16-year-olds do crazy, stupid things for $100,000. Yeah, when I thought it was a million, for the longest time I remember it being a million, but it was just $100,000. And so, they do a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, as a kid, that was really funny and really cool. And that's why I watched every episode. I was there for every episode, I think. Um, new episodes premiered on Thursdays, probably like 7. Because back then, Cartoon Network switched to Adult Swim at 10. I think it was about 7 or 8. And I watched every episode. Like, I had to rewatch it for the review, of course. But I remember most of the um, story beats because I watched it so much. I Of course, I knew Owen won. My favorite character. So that's why I had such a um, such a cool con- cool and deep connection to it. Because my favorite character lasts until the end. So, But imagine like you have your favorite character be like Eva. Or like um, someone like Beth or something. Who, who leaves in the middle of the this, this show. And they're like, well, my favorite character's gone. Why am I going to watch this anymore? So you just click off. But no, my favorite character, he lasts. That's why I love the show so much. So you can back off of me. So I loved the show. Owen was just there for like humor and farts and laughs and giggles. Um, and other things about the show. I, I do, it was just really unique on Cartoon Network at that time. In 2008, you had um, a lot of different shows on Cartoon Network. You had like, for example, My Gym Partners and Monkey, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, um, K&D. We will, most of these shows were in reruns, I do believe. Um, you had like a show called Chopped Saki Chooks, which was either premiered or was about to premiere. Um, Camp Lazlo, I still feel like I'm missing, like, oh, Teen Titans, wait, that was on Boomerang at that time, I still feel like I'm missing, like, one or two, but that's why, because Cartoon Network had so many shows, and TDI, Total Drama Island came in, it was just completely different, but it fit right in, so that's why it was such a good TV show for the time, it just, it was different, it was new, but it was just right along with Cartoon Network, so I think that's why it fit in, and why it got so much good publicity and so many good reviews. The show spawned, like, this one season spawned five other more seasons, so TDI had a total, well, Total Drama had a total of six seasons, and then later on, it produced Total Drama Rama, which is, a lot of people don't like it, but, like, a lot of fans, the original six seasons, don't like this one, because, you know, while the show was comedy, it wasn't just, like, blank comedy, like, the comedy had, it was, had characters, characters had motivations, and the characters wanted stuff, and there was this... But this is just, not, I know it's really for kids, and I'm an adult talking about a kid's TV show. But I just think that it kind of, bet- like, Total Drama Rama betrays, not betrays, it makes it sound like, well, what is this, war? What is this, a Shakespearean play? But it just, it's just not what Total Drama was. So I didn't really give that much of a watch. But the good news is, they're making um, a reboot of Total Drama Island was announced later, earlier this year, in 2021, in February. And it's Total Drama Island. It's two seasons. Now, um, to, to let you know how long this may take, um, I did some research, and Total Drama Island was um, had started production in about 2006, like early 2006, and it premiered in like July. So it had about like 18 months or so to um, go through like um, planning, production, all stages in about 18 months, right? So that means, but now we're in a pandemic, we're not, and like, that was like, no pandemic, now we're in a pandemic where artists and voice actors and writers can't really communicate on the same level that they could have back then. So, while it took 18 months, no pandemic, but with the pandemic, it's 2021 now, so 
while we could have been looking at like a mid to late 2022 premiere, we're probably looking at a mid to late 2023 premiere, just due to the fact of where we are right now. That's kind of, that's not a bad thing. It means I get to watch it in college, but you know, my college roommates, which will be even fun. And when it comes out, I can give you my honest thoughts on the Cartoon Cartoon Wednesdays podcast and how I feel about the reboot. But I'm also kind of like, not worried about the reboot, but I'm very intrigued and like, um, wonder, I'm full of wonder about the show because, um, if it's, it's, it's going to be called Total Drama Island. So it's really interesting because they're going to be like, like, we're going to take new characters, put them in. Like Kenwawanakwa again, or we're going to a new island with new characters, new hosts. How much is going to be new? How much is going to be old? And I don't think you're just going to take the same 22 campers and just new scenarios, just boom, 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 boom. I think we're going to do new characters because Total Drama Island has, um, following the f- the first two seasons, the first two seasons they didn't really add a lot of new characters, but starting the third season they added new characters. The most notable being in the third season, like Alejandro. He's going to come to my mind like instantly. And after that, they started with new characters like um, Revenge of the Island, Pocketsu Island, the Redunculus Race. So they were like in three in three other seasons. Like so after season four, new people. Season five, new people. Season six was All-Star. So it had the best from season one, two, three, four. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Total drama, action. World Tour, Revenge, Pocket 2. So I was season 6, my my apologies. Season 6, I like the best from the first five seasons. The Redonkless Race happened after, which is a whole nother season. Um, spoofing of the Amazing Race. Redonkless, Amazing, ha ha ha, very funny. So I think like the show was really cool. So I really hope that in this new um, season or series, however you want to really call it, they actually... um add some new characters and put it somewhere new, somewhere different, so we can, like, get some new scenarios and have new favorite characters to, like, gush over and stuff. I can't wait to see the promos and the character designs and get to look at the um, the pre-production figures that eventually end up on the Wikipedia to look at the interviews and stuff. So, I'm, I'm, I personally, for me as a fan, I'm very, very, very excited. So, let's move on. So, now that we've talked about like, the production and everything, let's, let's get to talking about some of the some of the stuff that really made me laugh. Um, there are 22 episodes in the season. I'm not going to cover 20, oh, 22. I'm going to cover about four, four of my favorites. Let's get started with my first favorite episode. Episode number um five. Number five is a pretty basic episode. I'm not sure how standard it is in terms of um, reality TV, but it's a talent show episode. And it's so the premise of the episode is that the campers have to put on a talent show and be judged by chef and um this to run down some of the acts that you know get played or performed rather you have heather does ballet dj does ribbon dancing which was um really in line with his character which i didn't expect to see jeff skateboards courtney plays violin and justin's just like being hot I think he does the scene, I think it was like Dirty Dancing, like the most like reference scene when it comes to like dancing or a person who's like really, really hot. You know, they got the bucket of water and it just like falls on them and they sway their head. And if it's a dude, he like, um, like it just goes on this like washboard abs. And you can just see just how fit and toned he is. That's just all Justin does because he's so hot. He's real hot, by the way. Um, and, and what are they like trying to see 
And so here's the main crux of the story. Um, the major like storyline kind of beat is that Heather, you know, she gets an alliance with Beth and Lindsay and she sends Lindsay to spy on Gwen. And Lindsay reports back that Gwen has a journal, uh, like a diary. So Heather being the conniving bitch she is, she finds the diary and on live national television, well, on national television, I can't remember if it was like live or not, but like take it and then, um, you know, do like TV stuff where they don't edit it before it's shown. But she reads out Gwen's diary to everybody. She reads a passage where she's talking about Trent. Nobody, people don't know it's Trent, but it's about some dude. I was just like so embarrassing. And it really made me just hate Heather. Like that was some next level grimy disgustingness and it wasn't even that good idea in the end because it didn't really get them all that many you know points from chef but here's like the main <laughs> the main <laughs> the main crux of the episode so at so uh during the episode like middle party episode bridget says that her like talent is that she can um stand on her her standard like do a headstand for uh 20 minutes so she's like yeah yeah she tries to do it and she ends up breaking courtney's violin in the process of yeah, courtney's out and so later in the episode she's like she's like eating i don't think either she doesn't eat enough or she eats too much so she like uh she's like guys we eat something so um bridget's like fine i'll, I'll try this so she goes out on the stage and like her tummy's grumbling like grumble 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 and she gets up to the, <laughs> the stage and walks like walks out on her hands and national television and then she's like Whoop! like the uh the the puke rushes to her mouth and then she just <laughs> just projectile vomited onto the um the stage and then bleh, bleh, bleh. Is onto the crowd. <laughs> Let's hear it for Bridget. Are you sure you can do this? Oh, definitely. No, I'm I'm great. Really. I've seen the, the thing like three, four, five, six, nine times now, so it's not as funny to me. But oh boy, <laughs> I was dead laughing. I wish I recorded for you guys. But in the end, it's Harold that ends up saving the day from for the screaming bass, where he does a beatbox routine, and it kind of reminds me of in Napoleon Dynamite when he does the dance on stage, which I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite, so this is just me. For my, you know, casual moviegoer experiences, like, osmosis of knowledge that I have. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's just, that's what they were referencing. And, like, if you played Fortnite, do you know the dance I'm talking about? I don't want to reference Fortnite, but it's in Fortnite. That's how probably a lot of us know that dance that led us to Napoleon Dynamite. Moving on from episode five, you know, like, episode five had the potty humor, like, the vomit humor. 
which is, you know, we're supposed to be like big grown up, you know, people, but I'm out here laughing at, you know, like vomit jokes for little kids. I mean, I don't care, man. I was funny. I had me rolling. It was like, it, I was laughing so hard. I had to, um, I had to pause the episode and I was like crying. I was on my bed, you know, like I was at the point where it's like, I couldn't like, I could, it was like, you know, the laughter where you're laughing and you can't breathe. So you gotta like, you gotta like try to force yourself to breathe. So you, so you don't die from laughing and you laugh so much, you get a headache. It wasn't one of those, but it was pretty close. I think if it seemed just a little bit funnier, I would have been like that. Man, those, those are some good laughs. You feel me? And then we have episode 11 where the um where in episode 11 the it's up but it's about trust it's big big trust exercises and the teams you know they split and they have to trust each other so they trust are doing various challenges so in these challenges the first challenge heather and gwen um have to climb a uh have to free hand climb yeah free hand climb a rock wall like a like a cliff it's a natural born cliff. So IRL, I could not do that. Like I do not have the arm, the body strength, the skill to do something like that. And um and the, but the big crux of this challenge is that um um oh yeah the big crux of this challenge is that Heather pulls off Gwen's like skirt and her everybody sees her underwear. Now what comes next may wanna have you call the FBI. Because Duncan says, and I quote, I'll put the clip in, you don't see that every day. And Chris responds with, no, no, you don't. About a 16-year-old's underwear. Insert FBI open up sound. FBI open up. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, well, not cool, but, um, not cool, but, um, What's what's the word sick in a bad way? And another thing that happens in this episode is that oh yeah, they have to make fugu sashimi, which is for you guys that don't know, it's you know everybody's heard of that Japanese blowfish that you have to cut in just the right way, or you'll just poison somebody. I don't know why people be grubbing on that stuff or grubbing on that shit, but they just be grubbing on it the whole time. And so it's Lindsay and Jeff and no excuse me, Lindsay and Trent and Jeff and Bridget. Bridget uh, makes a killer sushi for Jeff. Jeff smacks on it. It's good. But um, Lindsay for Trent just makes this abhorrent, sloppy, mush, but like thin and eyeball sticking out of it. And Trent's like, ugh. And before the challenge, he was like, yo, how hard could it be? You know, it's cooking food, not rocket science. And before they know the dish, he lets... Um, Lindsay, you know, he's like, Lindsay, you can do it. It can't be that hard. Um, suffice to say, Trent ends up on a stretcher. He takes it and he like, he like takes a, Lindsay puts ketchup on it, takes a nice little fork full of it, he bites down, and he's like, that's not that bad, I survived. He like has a seizure and ends up like catatonic on the floor, like in a, pool of his own drool and his face is um his face is oh no his skin is like a cobalt not cobalt but like a like a grayish uh, blue kind of cobalt tone which is um pretty interesting 
And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all that happens in the episode. I just wanted to say that because that scene with Chris was, um, it was interesting to say the least. But now we're going to move on to episode 13. In episode 13, um, nothing much really happens. Um, I know that Chris dresses up as an X-Wing pilot, but the most notable thing in this, oh, I know it. I, excuse me, let me fall back to episode 12. In episode 12, here's what I want to let you guys know. Harold was bullied by DK, DK, DJ, Duncan, and Jeff. So he gets back at them by, no, hold on, shit, wrong episode. God, God, motherfucker, now. Let's go back to episode 13. The most notable thing that happened in episode 13 was, um, uh, was that um, Harold, excuse me, sells. Um, so he's, he's like, they're, uh, water skiing on mud. And so Heather's driving for Harold and she's swerving around trying to make, um, Harold drop the flags he had to collect. So in doing that, she gets her top, yeah, her, like her top gets caught on a tree branch and her boobs fly out. There's been, I think when I was a kid, um, they like blacked out her boobs and like a solid black bar, but I, but now that I rewatched it, all they did was all like the animators they just she put her hands over her boobs, which is you know I mean okay and all, but it was kind of weird that in um the same episode two girls ended up in a suggestive manner, but it was kind of poetic that Heather put Gwen in a suggestive manner, and then Heather got the same thing done to her. And because Heather's boobs came out, Harold the nerd, he was like, ah, and he just like, just sells, lets the, lets the flags go. And he, when he sees her boobs and he's like, yep. And it's like, when he goes to the confessional booth, which is an outhouse, he's like boobies. But in the Netflix version, it, it was changed. It was changed to be, um, booyah. And he says booyah twice. He's like, both the cut to the confessional twice and it's like the subtitles say boobies but he says booyah but and so the last scene he's on the dock of, dock of shame bringing on the boat of losers he says I saw boobies and, he, and they're like whose boobies did you see and, but before but before that excuse me I'm getting ahead of myself Lashana comes um, uh, what, what happened exactly so basically, oh, also in this episode, um, Bridget and Gwen found a love letter at at breakfast, and they're trying to see who wrote it, Trent or Jeff. Turns out neither of them wrote it, and it wasn't even for them, but it was to Lashana from Harold. And so Lashana figures this out, and so she runs to kiss Harold. She runs to Harold as he's about to get on the boat, and Harold says, and I quote, "Give Daddy some sugar." So I loved. I lost, and I saw boobies. What more can a man ask for? You loved? You're a man? You saw boobies? Lashana, I meant every word of that poem. Poem? That was you? No way. Baby, you some kind of freaky. Give Daddy some sugar. 
this lanky, skinny little kid, little white boy, gets this big, this big black girl, and I, I gotta give props to my man. Like he he bagged a good one. Um, that's yeah, that's most probably to happen that episode. I just thought I should mention that because the the show was really weird and really interesting, and it did kind of funny and crazy things. So that was just one of those crazy moments. I was like. This skinny nerd kid got this big black girl. Sheesh. More power to him. So episode 14 is one of my favorite episodes. It's probably my most favorite episode. Wait. It's my, yeah, it's my most favorite episode. Because in this episode, if anybody remembers, episode 14 is the guy, guys versus girls episode. And in this episode, it's the eating challenge. So I'm going to run. So the basis of the eating challenge is pretty simple. It's about the sexes. The, um, Chris and Chef put um, different foods in front of the campers and they each and different um, rounds and each round the food is progressively worse and nastier and so this is the level of like cartoon animation where it's like a suspension of belief because if this food was in real life nobody would eat this people would just hard pass like hard pass when I get to you want to realize people would hard pass so the first dish was um Beef balls. When I say beef balls, I don't mean like meatballs. I'm just being stupid and saying beef balls. No, I mean like bull testicles. They go bull's balls. So that bull can't say, man, my balls. Like, he goes to scratch his balls. Man, my balls are gone. Pretty sad. So another suggestive part of the show. So the guys are like, man, I can't, I can't eat this, man. It's a surprise thing. I can't eat this man's balls. So they don't eat it. But the girls, sheesh. My girls are just smacking them holster. <laughs> one after another. I was like, are you serious? Like, they made a, a segment where the girls were out here slurping on balls. Sheesh. With no sauce. Sheesh. All for little kids. Sheesh. It went over my head as a kid, as a little five-year-old. But if you were older and stuff, like, now I was 18-year-old. And, like, I got that. So, 18-year-olds did probably got that too and older people to watch that show too so but to tell you if i was there i would eat bull testicles people eat bull testicles all over the world um they may taste good they probably do they probably well chef probably didn't make them taste good but you could probably find them when they taste good next dish is oh and the first round goes to girls obviously second um, round is a, is pizza everybody loves pizza but on this pizza there are crickets jellyfish and sardines Excuse me, live crickets. And um, Owen, being the fat guy he is, he just immediately grabs the slice and just inhales it. I'm like, you go, Owen. And like, for reference, I've had sturdies on pizza. It was a waste of money and a waste of time. Something I'll never, ever do again. But I can manage it. It's not that hard. You just got to just take it. And uh, But also in this, Trent is also still around. And he's like, I can't eat this, bro. I can't eat this. It's like, but this is what you have to do. When I was a kid, my parents used to hold me down because I wouldn't eat broccoli. So the guys hold him down and he just forced the pizza in his mouth. That's how the boys went. Next challenge is now. Oh yes, I would eat the pizza if it wasn't obvious to you. The next challenge, it's worms. It's like everybody likes spaghetti, but this isn't just spaghetti. This is worms for noodles, um, snail slime for pasta sauce. And hairballs for meatballs. I couldn't do it. Just, and it wasn't like a little bowl of spaghetti. It was like this huge plate of it. 
No, it's a big N-O, big old pass for me. Can't do it. We'll never, ever, ever do it. But the guys are smart. They blindfold themselves pinch, and pinch their noses, which is kind of like the science behind it is if we need uh, to smell food to be able to taste it. So if you close, so if you close your nose and you eat food, you can't taste it or you can't taste it as well. So all you're worrying about is the consistency and how it feels to chew. If you can get over that, just right down the hatchet. But um, this is a no for me. Big no. So after um, next is the French bunion soup with hang nail clippers, excuse me, crackers, which are toenails. It's a green soup and it's like basically the scrubbings from chef's shower floor. So when I said earlier, the show was um, the show was also I wish I didn't say this earlier, but the show is kind of like based off a of fear factor. When fear like there's even an episode called Phobia Factor. But in Fear Factor, the contestants have to eat, you know, nasty food like live, like live bugs and stuff like that. Oh, and fun fact, Fear Factor was hosted by young Joe Rogan. Well, comparatively, young Joe Rogan did not know that. Really interesting fact, though. So this is kind of like a reference to that kind of stuff you do in Fear Factor. And so this is like, and like I said, but like I said earlier, this like that's the suspension of disbelief of a cartoon where you have kids, well animated characters eating food that's not at all digestible or for people and it shouldn't even be consumed by or for people like not even like prisoners should have this stuff like, it's some dirty dingy rotten stuff but the girls take this the girls use a funnel and they just down the hatchet Ugh. just like imagining like all the hair and like the bunion like scrapings and the foot scrapings and the dead skin and the toe jams and the hair and the band-aids and ugh and the bile and you just you can just like feel it like go past your tongue just like it's like just like bright like brush past your tongue down your throat and you just have it in your stomach all hot and ugh but after this um for the next few things it's just a bunch of like it's a montage of things to eat. So we don't know what they eat. It's just a montage, and we're left to fill in the blanks. So they eat like so. First thing, the first dish is a in the montage is like a big old wad of gum. So chef, um, like in the clip we see chef take the gum out of his mouth and put them into this big huge like wad of gum, like this big gum ball made of chewed gum, and it's disgusting. Don't know what happened. Show doesn't tell us. Next thing is skunk stink juice. Where a chef wrings out a skunk like sweat and like stink juice and all, and he puts in like one of those metal, um, metal like the stainless steel, uh, drink shakers, and he pours it out into a cup, and you have to drink it. Personally, oh, and a lot of gum. I don't know if you had to chew it or eat it, but I could, you know, push my mind far enough to do that. And for the skunk stink juice, it's just down the hatchet like I've had bad food like I've almost eaten raw chicken before like at my dad's to this lady's house she cooked us fried chicken she must have never cooked that shit before or cooked chicken period or fried food period because the skin was still slimy like you took off like the fried skin it was just slimy it was not good didn't eat it spit it out in the um, toilet shit was trash don't know how they do it and next thing is just garbage soup like chef puts a ladle into a pot like this big old a big old soup pot and it, he pulls out the ladle and it's like i verbatim soda can fish head banana peel 
it's not even one of those things isn't even edible. And for all you listening that know me, yes, I've eaten the banana peel before. I've been into it, chewed a bit of it. Wouldn't recommend it. It's not that good. If you shouldn't eat, you shouldn't eat a banana peel, but you definitely should eat a banana peel by itself. You gotta get some of the fruit in there for flavor, because it's like banana peel is like really chewy. It's not chewy, but it just does not have a good flavor. Yeah, it's kind of chewy because you have to really, really chew it for it to be able to pass it into your mouth. Because if you like try to swallow it whole, you'll choke on it, maybe die. But next thing is, um, next thing is dolphin hot dogs. So finally, you get to the end, the last round, and you just have the dolphin hot dogs. We're not really told what the taste, context, taste, consistency, and texture of the dolphin hot dogs is. But you know, probably just a regular hot dog with dolphin meat. So, um, but they don't do it. They end up not doing that because Bridget and DJ both have moral issues with doing it me personally i just would have ate the hot dog give me some ketchup give me some mustard give me a little relish barbecue sauce and down the hatch you know because when i eat hot dogs i mean i eat food when you can like go to subway whatever you can put anything you want on it i just be stacking it with with um stacking it with toppings and sauce and everything so like i i used to work at the baseball stadium over one summer so I go with a hot dog, and then you know I had to put the mustard on it, the 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 hot sauce on it, the relish, the chili, the ketchup, the mustard, the barbecue sauce. Ooh, I was just smacking them, so that's why I gotta do my hot dogs. So I yeah, I could definitely done a dolphin hot dog, but you know DJ and Bridget are having moral compasses, so they don't do that. So they end up taking something much 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 worse. Um, Owen and Lashana have to do shots of cockroaches. So what they do is they take a bunch of cock chef takes a bunch of cockroaches, puts them in the blender, and he juice like he blends them like in the blender, and then they come out, and then he fills um 15 shot glasses with them. So Owen and Lashana have to take them. So they both start down, um, shot glass face down, boom, boom, boom. They go neck and neck until they get to the sixth one. Each on their sixth. And this, and then Owen and his, you know, master class <laughs> takes down three more and wins it for the boys. So the final count is nine to six, Owen Lashana. And after he does it, he puts his arms up triumphantly and then collapses. Um, but what happens next is even more gross. And another part where I, <laughs> I laughed. Um, um, so Lashana, she's like, oh, guys, I can't, ooh. and she, spits up <laughs> spits up a live cockroach bro it's a live cockroach and she's like, and she's like <laughs> and everybody starts to puke everybody starts to puke man I'm telling you bro the potty humor in this show is immaculate it's in another I loved I lost and I saw boobies what more can a man ask for you loved? You're a man? You saw boobies? Lashana, I meant every word of that poem. Poem? That was you? No way. Baby, you some kind of freaky. Give daddy some sugar. Masterclass. It was fucking amazing, dog. I love that. One of my favorite episodes. 
But now let's move on to episode 18. And one of my other favorite episodes. I'm telling you, bro. The show has a lot of bangers. But this episode is my favorite for, like, the rest. Like, the whole episode is kind of, eh. Just could skip it. All you really need to know is that Lindsay goes home. That's all you need to know. And this is why Lindsay goes home. So, in the show, they have to build BMX bikes and go on a, motor, a motocross course. So, um, they do this. And the last four in the challenge are Owen, Duncan, Owen, Duncan, Lindsay, and Heather. So, um, the objective is the last round. The last person to cross the finish line goes home. So, Lindsay, Heather crosses it and then Lindsay crosses it. And then Owen and Duncan never cross it because... Chris put like landmines on the track and they end up, you know, just face planting and it's like being thrown off the course. So the Chris says, well, technically Owen and Duncan never crossed the, crossed the finish line. So Lindsay, you're going home tonight. And Lindsay's like, Heather, give me your immunity. Please give me your immunity. I, I, this is not fair. This is some shit. Heather's like, um, nah, I'm sorry. Too risky. You know, all that. And she's like, what? But I stood up for you. I like Lindsay is dumb, but presumably she must have really cared for Heather. And she, when everybody called her like mean names and stuff, Lindsay always had um, Heather's back. And so, um, what happens is Lindsay gets fed up and she says, I guess what people were saying about you is true. You're nothing but a low down, dirty, backstabbing. And then, and now here's where they differ. Like I've said before, I'm not sure if I have. But there are two different versions. Like, the Canadian version was the more raunchier, uncensored version. But the American version, um, apparently, was the censored version. I remember watching the Canadian version, even though I lived in America. And, um, but on um, Netflix, which I, where I watched the show for review, it was the censored American version, which has really pissed me off. But, originally, the way I remember it, this scene was dubbed. So, she, Lindsay says, you know, you know good, dirty little beep. And just like, you know, and so it's the beep. And we're left to, you know, feeling what she said. Now, originally, I looked like she called her a no-down, dirty, bitch-ass motherfucking skank motherfucker who bitches were all right about. Just called her a B-I-T-C-H to her face, which she, you know, rightfully deserved. But it was dubbed over Netflix. And they said, you no good, selfish, heartless, mean, bossy bully of a girl. And it didn't feel right because the the lips didn't move. The lips weren't synced properly. And the music stops. It was just the audio. So you can tell it's not what, what was meant to be said. So Lindsay says that two more times for a total of three. And everybody's like, damn, damn, Lindsay, you got that shit in you. Everybody was surprised because Lindsay's like supposed to like the, the dumb blonde. But whew, she really took Heather. Heather was whew, shell shocked. So that's weak. You really are mean. And all that bad stuff people say about you is true. Like how you're a two-faced, backstabbing, lying little I always told them they were wrong. I stood up for you because I thought we were BFFs. But they're right. You really are a two-faced, backstabbing, lying little And guess what? want to be BFFs anymore. I'd rather spend the day staring at Owen's butt than shopping with you. And P.S. Your shoes are tacky. That was like my favorite episode by far because Heather, my least favorite character, but my most, my favorite, my, the best written character, Lindsay just tells her off and Lindsay like really stands up for herself and I really appreciate that. 
I would always appreciate that when characters do that. And the next episode is some a really notable episode because I said the show was a parody. It has so many parodies in it. And a one parody they do is an episode about horror flicks. And you know the the challenge is that there are there's a loose killer. There is a psycho maniac killer with a chainsaw hook for a hand. Um, but it turns out to be chef and they're scaring the campers, you know, and the one that doesn't get scared, you know, wins the challenge, wins the movie. Gwen wins the challenge in the end. So, but it's chef, right? And so chef is designed in this episode to have a chainsaw, a hook for a hand and a hockey mask. Now, instantly when I saw his characters, I'm like, oh, he's referencing famous movie characters. Number one, Jason. Jason has the hockey mask. He has a hockey mask on, so he's referencing Jason. He has a hockey mask and Jason. He, next thing he has a butcher's apron and a chainsaw. Easy Leatherface. Leatherface always has, of course, a Leatherface mask, which, you know, Chef didn't have, but he has a chainsaw, Texas chainsaw, and he has the, the meat apron because he's a psycho killer. And lastly, Chef is a black man with a hook hand. Now, everybody, now, if you don't know, now you, if you don't know, now you know, nigga, um, that, you know, black man with a hook hand is Candyman. Candyman, now, um, most people might not get Candyman because Candyman, he's not like one of the big, top, the big three of horror movies we got, or slasher films, I suppose. You got, you got, um, Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface. Big three. Candyman is notable and has a following. He, he got a reboot. I'm not sure the reboot came out or not because of the pandemic, but there was a reboot of Candyman that came out. I'm not sure if it was good or not because I never seen it because I don't do horror movies. Horror movies scare the crap out of me. Ever since I was a kid, never watched a horror movie, you gotta pay me. If any female like, oh, oh, real men don't get scared of horror movies. Well, fuck you. I do. Don't watch them. My sister loves them. My sister was born on Halloween and told me, my older sister, she was like, oh yeah, I, I, I put on, like, you know, nothing to do, like some background noise. I just put on a horror movie. I just watch it. Like, I was, as a kid, home alone, just watching horror movies. I'm like, sheesh, couldn't be me. But we have two more episodes to talk about. Right now, we're on episode 25. We're on episode 25, this is tri- I, it's titled, I Triple Dog Dare You. And on this episode, our final three competitors, Gwen, Owen, and Heather, have to um, do dares. And the first person to say, I will not do that dare, um, is voted off. But if you get a dare, you can give that dare to somebody else. And the same rule, rule applies. If you say, I don't want to do that there, then, you know, you go home instant out but if you do it there you get an, a, a a immunity bottle and the immunity bottle allows you to deny a dare with no penalty so you can probably tell this going but let's start with our first dare our first dare um it comes from duncan so all the people who have lost and voted out they got to pick dares for the three remaining contestants to do and he chris spins the wheel um spins the wheel Falls on that person, their dare goes to that, that contestant. So, first one is from Duncan, like I said, is Lick Owen's armpit. And originally goes to Gwen, but she's like, No, Heather, you take it. And so, Heather, um, you know, whose only desire is to win, you know, props to her, which is feels wrong complimenting Heather, but she licks Owen's armpit and she does it. Good for her. Next, oh, excuse me, minor correction. You you only get an immunity bottle if you don't pass the challenge off to somebody and you do it. So, next dare is from Ezekiel. And it's chew your own toenail slowly. This one was Heather's, but then she gave it to Gwen. 
Gwen, you know, is Chef clips her toenail, she chews it slowly. Nothing nothing wrong. I would do it. I would do with Owen the lick Owen's armpit and I would do this one. Next one um comes from Beth. And it's, it's Owen's there and he has to chew Harold's old gum. Nothing wrong, chew another man's gum. Kinda nasty. But there's no ordinary piece of gum, it's Harold's old gum. So Owen's like Owen does the cartoon thing on the funny sophisticated thing. The funny sophisticated thing where you like you take a food and you describe it all fancy like exquisite aroma, fantastic taste. Oh, is that umami? So he does it and he's like, ooh, crunchy center. And it cuts to a picture of had um excuse me, Harold picking his nose, so it's it's a bugger. Crusty as booger. I would do it if I didn't know the booger was in there. Ah, I just get it. Next one is Gwen's, which is really easy. There, anybody can do this. Take some ice and shove it in your underwear and let it melt. She takes it like a champ. That's not really that hard of a dare. Anybody could do it. That's like super fucking easy. Next one is from Tyler. Now, Owen, I, I probably Owen's my favorite character. It's kind of sad, but I feel like I based a lot of my personality around Owen, which is why he be like I really identify him as my favorite character because you know a lot of people pick on Owen, and Owen's like the basis for a lot of these dares, which is kind of like how it is in real life. Fuck you, fuck, fuck, fuck you all. Excuse me. But this one comes from Tyler, and Heather um, has to eat jelly from Owen's belly button so this would be cool if it's like a regular sized belly button but no 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 it takes chef about like five to like eight seven like a lot of spoonfuls to fill owen's belly button and so heather so once he fills it up heather you know gotta give props to the system when props gotta give props to props to do takes her tongue in her mouth and it just eats the all the jelly then she gets on her face and the next thing you know she just pukes it off pukes all of it it just pukes pukes chunks and i forgot to mention that during this challenge um um chris and chef have a bet going of whoever pukes first pays the the non-puker um 100 bucks so they they both like like do the thing where the puke comes to the mouth but they catch it and they send it right back down Ugh. but um the challenge ends up with heather the dare puts heather on life support and that's where she stays for like until her next challenge and then chef's like um chef comes back with pbj's and chris like snack PB and J's anyone and it, <laughs> it forces Heather to um puke into the life support. She has like the oxygen mask on her face. She's on like a, a hospital bed. But next is Owen, courtesy of Izzy. And he just has to go purple nurple a, a sleeping bear, you know, twist a sleeping uh, uh, twist a sleeping bear's nipple. Um oh, I would do I would do the jelly dare, but the bear um, probably not because you have to purple purple a sleeping bear. You don't touch a sleeping bear. You over touch a bear in general. So that's a big end. Oh, motherfucking for me. Next one, it comes from Harold. Oh my god. They just love picking on Owen. Um, Harold says you have to lick Owen's toe jam. And, um, this is to Gwen. Yep, Gwen does that. Licks Owen's toe jam. Props to her. 
Uh, yeah, that's all I can say. Next one comes from Jeff, and it's to Heather, but she passed it to Gwen. And um, it's you have to drink powder fruit punch Kool Aid from the communal bathroom, specifically the toilet. So uh, Chef, Chris, and Gwen go in. They pour it in the the, the toilet. The toilet's like really nasty. It's like they're like they don't even flush. You like try to clean it. It's like just piss and all other nasty stuff in there. So they pour it in. They just stir it a little bit, and then they give Gwen the straw. Gwen takes one sip. I can like imagine that. Just imagine it's like it's a very like in my mind and in my phone. It's like a very sharp, hot. It's like it's. It's pissed as it's been sitting in an outhouse on a hot summer camp, just sitting there. So it's hot as shit, and it's like I just imagine it would just come down like really hot and like just like, like like scrape and burn the throat as it goes down. But in the end, it forces Gwen to just puke in her old chunks, um, which is just disgusting. And then. <laughs> but Chef and Chris almost puke again, but they hold it. So we come back to the stage, and Gwen has like um puke around her lips, and Heather goes like Trent's going to need a fumigation squad to talk to, Ooh. and she stops when <laughs> Gwen burps in her face. <laughs> Nasty ass burp breath. And now we have Owens there from Cody. It goes to Owen. It's to eat dog food. I've tasted wet dog food. It's KM dog food, so it's wet dog food. I've tasted it before. And it's not that bad. It's something I would eat. And of course, it's not made for humans. But you know, if you had to eat it, it's not abhorrent. It's it's not abhorrent. So, Owen's like, Chris, like, are you sure you want to do this, dude? Owen's like, yeah, bro. My dog eats this all the time. It must be good. So, he does it. But he doesn't just, you know, eat it. He does some... He does some, he does some fat person shit. Basically, he unhinges, so it's on like a circular track. Owen unhinges his jaw and just <laughs> smacks his face onto the tray. And he's, <laughs> and he comes back up for air and he's like, <gasps> I'm like, Owen, no! And he just demolishes it, bro. <laughs> he finally watches them. Chris is bleh, and Chef bleh, and then uh, Gwen and Heather bleh. <laughs> and Owen is out here just dining on some just a fine ass wet dog food. Then we cut to the confessional booth, and Chris is like, "How can you just do?" Bleh. So. Sorry. Shut up, Owen! Twice in a row's gotta suck. I mean it! Well, especially since I never wash in there. <clears throat> Not because I don't want to, honey, just forget. Hey, you didn't puke this time! <clears throat> you still cool? Okay, we'll give Heather a few more minutes on life support before we start the next round. Okay, chef made snacks. PB and J, anyone? Nice! Come on, Izzy, bring it! 
Give a purple nurple to a sleeping bear. Yes! Oh, sounds wicked, man. <laughs> What's a purple nurple? Give you a little pinch and be right on the Powdered fruit punch from the communal toilet. Quite the predicament, Gwen. Do you use the freebie? Or do I save it for an even sicker dare down the road? What to do? What to do? <gasps> I'm going in. So freaking sick. Chefs going down. That's so gross. Squad, just eat dog food. Yeah, baby. Man, sorry, guys. I keep getting all the good ones. <laughs> okay, down boy. Heal. Dude, you have two freebies you can use. Better yet, you could dare an opponent. Like, say, one without a freebie? You still have a bit of jelly on your lower lip. Oh, go stick your face back in the toilet. It's cold, bro. My dog digs this food. Time to find out what I've been missing. <laughs> Meaty tasting. on the episode you know it's just a um just oh in this episode um chris calls them freaks but since it was netflix they dubbed it over the weirdos well, it was the dub it was the censor version so it became weirdos another example and so it basically the show basically just ends with um it just ends with um 
Um, so it ends with Heather losing because she didn't want Chef to cut her hair. And so in the next episode, episode 26, she's there with a mullet wig, a willet, if you will, or a mug, a mig. Other words, combination of uh, mullet and wig, which is kind of funny, which she has for the next season, Total Drama Action, for all that season, is a, is a wig. Which is, you know, fine for her. Now she's just as ugly on the outside. She is in the inside. And this is not, you know, making fun of people who are bald or bald females. But it's like, she doesn't want to, she considers um, being bald is ugly. So it's kind of fair that the person who is the most ugly on the inside is now perceived by them to be ugly on the outside. I, I love that. It's so nice. But the finale. The finale, of course, is Gordon Owen, like I remember it. But here's something that you might not know about Total Drama. See, Total Drama, they made both a version where both Gwen and Owen went. And in certain countries, um, certain countries got the Owen version. Some people got the Gwen version of winning. And um, you could decide in America, you could decide this by calling in. So, like, up to, leading up to the finale, you're like, call in for who you want to win. And I never called in, but if I did, it would have been for Owen because Owen's my man. I was the nigga. I'm glad Owen won. I remember Owen winning because he's my favorite character. Obviously, Team Owen. Simple. And this what and this was a trend that followed through the rest of the series, through every subsequent um version, um not the calling in, but the one version for each winner airing in different countries. So you could be talking to somebody from another country, y'all could be like, wait a minute, no, he was the runner up. No, she wasn't run up. And this is funny, you know. Some people watch the show more and, and you keep talking about keep having a debate about it. Which is really smart and part of the writers. I can respect her for that and the showrunners. But um Um, let's continue. Um, nothing real notable happens in this episode. Even, even though it is the finale shocking, but um they asked Chris asked both what you're gonna do with the money. Um Owen says throw a huge hundred thousand dollar party. I can respect that. A lot of people will like and respect that. Oh, yeah, and Heather roots for Owen because she hates Gwen. Let you guys know. And as for Gwen, Gwen, what do you want to do? Well, Gwen's like, well, I promised Owen half the money, so he gets half. But I'll spend the, the rest on um the rest on college and travel. No, we should probably mostly go to travel because this was like 2008, 2007, which was around the economic collapse and crisis. So, you know. Good money to put away. Some, some some good money to put away. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, so a lot of people, uh, so only a couple people like Lashana is um, Gwen's most. Lashana and Trent, I guess, are Gwen's most um, um, fanatic. Well, not fanatic, but they're loudest supporters. Oh, and uh, yeah. So now let's move on. So. Um, the what you have, Chris makes them do the rejected Olympic triathlon or eject, uh, uh, rejected Olympic events, and all they have to do is climb a flagpole, cross the gorge, and run back to camp. So you know when they do this, Gwen is in the lead, and Trent's like following behind Gwen. Like I love you so much, I love you. And this is because um, earlier in a previous episode, Trent, I mean excuse me, Heather had tricked Trent into kissing her. It's like uh, Heather is like Gwen never loved you. Uh, all this time the third tricking him and then she like um she manipulates Gwen to get in position so she could see this and um she forces herself on the shirt and kisses him and he's like whoa 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 get off of me but Gwen doesn't see that and so uh, she tells Lashana and Lashana convinces everybody to vote Trent off and so that's why Trent's still trying to prove his love 
because of Heather's conniving backstabbing trickery. So, for most of this episode, like I said, Owen is falling behind until the end, which is um, a couple episodes back in episode number 20, um, 24, 24, um, um, in a race back to camp, in episode 24, in a race back to camp, Owen smells honey buns, and he beelines the camp, but he, but he beelines the camp, so Heather remembers this, he's like, okay, um, he, she, she gets some honey buns, and she gets a fan, and she blows it, and like, a la, uh, like, Looney Tunes, he smells them, he's like, mm, honey buns, and he, like, beelines back to camp, and he hits a Gwen, like, he's a, like, he's a, a running back, trying to earn his, like, a, like, a power back in the NFL, you know, and, like, Owen treats Gwen, like, a power back in the end of like Owen's the power back and Gwen is like that one rookie um the one rookie defender trying to stop him but just gets absolutely demolished you know ends up on the highlight reel sheesh man but Owen wins in the end and that's how the show ends it's also episode 27 which rolls into episode this the next series total drama action but since y'all in that episode Chris is like, okay, well, Owen won $100,000, but here's a million-dollar prize. Go get it. And, um, yeah, and that's it. And they kind of, like, they fumble the bag. Nobody gets it. It's like, but you can get it. And our next series, Total Drama Action. And that's how, it, that's how Total Drama Action starts. And that's where this podcast ends. Um, I thank you for, if you this, stayed this far, I thank you so much for listening to the inane ramblings of, uh, madman such as myself at the end of the podcast um send me your thoughts follow me at cartoon cartoon wednesdays on instagram.com where i post updates and clips from my podcast so you can always stay informed and be sure to um send me your thoughts on the episode and what you want me to review next because you might end up you know influencing my choices of what i review next and you could see me talk about your favorite tv show or your most hated show or just any show you want or even a movie it could be foreign or domestic like i said in my trailer so this is me your host um jacoby leonard signing off for the day or night or afternoon or whatever have a good time Peace. Deuces.